The Last Time I Cried. Brought to you by AIA Vitality. In this episode, the Tigers skipper, Trent Cotchen, talks about the uncertainty and fear surrounding the birth of his third child, the burden and weight and feeling of anxiousness during his early days as Richmond captain, and learning to become comfortable not having all of the answers. Cotch, when was the last time you cried? Yeah, in... um delivery suite, but it wasn't the one that I was used to. Brooke was rushed in to have an emergency C-section, which I knew deep down that she really didn't want. And I suppose once the obstetrician makes the call, given it's an emergency, everything happens really quickly. And I just found myself completely rattled. I was meant to be the, the sign of strength, but I knew that it wasn't exactly what Brooke wanted. And, you know, the health of her and the baby, are, they're absolutely A1 and, and the most important thing. But, you know, getting rushed down to theatre, um, I must have looked white because the nurse came up to me and she was like, are you okay? I was like, mm, I might just need a minute. So they put me out in the waiting room, which was the worst place I could have gone. And I just sat in this dingy little room, staring at the ceiling, going, why am I out here? I'm not the one on the table about to go through probably one of the more challenging things in my life, even though you're numbed up and so forth. So I, uh, I headed back into theatre, but then, you know, to watch all of our talented medical staff get to work and pull out a, a healthy baby and, and then realise that it was uh, a boy over the, the, uh, the sheet um, that hides all the, the gruesome stuff. Uh, you know, that, that was... I don't even know what came out of me then. It was, it was tears of joy. It was the rawest of emotions. Um, I was so proud of Brooke. Um, I, I probably wasn't aware of what was about to come with regards to recovery time. And you don't realise the significance until you start to go through it. But, um, yeah, that was, that was a hard time, but it was an amazingly special time. So you get to understand how much you love your wife and how fragile everything is at that point, I guess. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, they, they cut through something like 32 layers of tissue and muscle and tendons and you know and that's that's pretty significant particularly on the back of going through a you know a nine-month journey of carrying the baby and us as men not really doing or contributing much other than the initial part of the process but um then they have the baby (laughs) then they've got to recover they've still got to breastfeed they've got to look after two other kids you know i take my hat off to all women not just my own wife tears of despair tears of joy all within an hour yeah, fair to say um, we are pretty exhausted after a couple of days in hospital, but, yeah, so pleased. Had you always hidden your emotions prior? Like, I'm a crier and I really don't care who in... I, I really don't care who I cry in front of. I don't know quite why, but I reckon that's relatively rare. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely, it's rare. It's... um. I think I've only seen my dad cry maybe twice in his life and it was probably something I was a bit like of. But I think once you have kids, you know, first and foremost, the moment that your child is born, um, you know, wedding, children, uh, and then obviously significant moments in your life, um, yeah, are always harder. Why do you reckon 
we all or most of us struggle, your old man, do you think he doesn't want to cry or do you think he feels ashamed to cry? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't think it's shame. I think it's probably like most of us, we've been taught that tears are a sign of weakness. But in reality, and now reflecting on my life to date, it's actually probably a sign of beauty. Because whether it's a challenging time in your life or something that's amazing that's happened, the challenging time, you know, typically your greatest growth comes from them. And obviously the really joyful times are just the pinnacle of what we all want to experience at different stages throughout. But life is a genuine roller coaster. You now, I reckon I know you pretty well, you now have absolutely no sense of um, shame, embarrassment or uh, apprehension to completely lay yourself bare, whatever the scenario. No, definitely not. Uh, to me, just to show up in the world, um, who you are, what you want to be and doing everything that you possibly can is so much easier than trying to be something that you're not or faking to the world. You know, you, you look at Instagram and I'm, I'm guilty of having it, um, but if you look at the majority of people who are on it, you're getting snippets of the best version of their life. That's not the reality. So don't compare yourself to that um, and give yourself permission to just be worthy and, and live your life. Has it helped your marriage? It has, yeah. But like everyone, we have our own challenges throughout. You know, three kids <laughs> under five. Um, you know, at times it can be hard work, but it's also the most rewarding gig that you can possibly have. The act of crying itself, what do you reckon it does to your body, your mind that's so uh, rejuvenating? Oh, it's an amazing emotional release. You know, uh, nowadays you can sit there and, and think about you know, whether it's your kids or, you know, even just the journey of what we've been on at the footy club, I, I can well up at the thought of just what life means to me um, because we're really lucky to have it and particularly living in Australia with everything at our, our reach, within our reach, um, it's a pretty special place to be. Does your old man look at you and see you as a stronger individual or a very different individual given how open you are with the world. <laughs> I think you definitely agree with me being a different individual. But I, I think, you know, each year that passes by, that both my old man but also my, my parents are proud of the person that I am and the person that they've, they've brought up to be. Um, but they're also excited that, you know, I'm experiencing my own journey, which is very different to, to their own. Have you always been a cryer? I'm going to say no. No, I haven't. I think it's been something that I've been more in touch with more recently. So who teaches you that? Well, essentially yourself, but it's through the lessons that, you know, wiser people than I have given me, but also what we have the opportunity to do in the world by sitting here today. What's the process to get yourself to a point where you're happy to cry? Because I think since you've cried in front of, I think, every one of the club. I suppose from that moment, what stemmed was me going and probably Dimmer to the same extent going on a journey of self-discovery first and foremost. But plenty of problems for the yellow and black. That was just an insipid performance this afternoon as they leave the ground. Yeah, should be embarrassed. Part of that was actually addressing the, 
the whole group or the whole football department pretty much day one of the 2017 pre-season. And yeah, I just I just got up in front of the group and, and spoke about what I'd struggled with, some of the anxieties I'd had, not, not to a big level, but um, yeah, and just the person that I'd been trying to be, which wasn't the true Trent Cotchen, um, and the person who I wanted to show that I was. And, and that was, um, yeah, and it was an amazing experience because what it did was give permission to others uh, like, for instance, a Ben Lennon to reach out and say to hear that my captain struggles with some of the same crap that I do day in, day out, allowed him to free up and, you know, we went and had a coffee and, and spoke about some of the things that he wrestles with. Did you cry in front of the group then when you spoke for the first time? Yeah, I got emotional because, you know, whether or not it's your fault that a year like that happens, I think the more learning I'd done, the more I'd realised I hadn't had a real positive impact on the group. I, I may have taken a fair brunt of the criticism and uh, a lot of the feedback that was coming our way, but, you know, I, I think the, the greatest lesson for me was that it's okay to, to one, show your vulnerabilities, but two, ask for help. Um, there's so many guys that want to be a part of your life and help you in any way that they possibly can. So what was it that had you so emotional? The best way to describe it is just like a dark cloud hanging over my head and not really knowing where to from there. So you and Dimmer both felt like you're in the same dark place. Did he cry? Yeah, he did. I, I, you know, two stoic males in the AFL environment, um, coach and captain. Um, I don't think there have been too many times where uh, they've shed a tear together other than probably tears of joy. T to see him, it's a bit like seeing my dad cry. It doesn't really happen much, um, nor sh the showing of the raw emotion. So, um, yeah, that embrace was pretty special, but also probably my lowest point. When I mean, had you seen each other cry before? Or you always put on a face of alpha maleism? Absolutely. A big front, a mask, pretty much. You guys went on a journey together. Ben Crow became a big part of that journey. And there were three things you guys all shared. The hero, the highlight, and the hardship. Did almost, to a man and a woman, tears get shed by the teller amongst each other? when you guys started talking about your lives from an emotional sense? Yeah, 100% they did. Um, some of the stories that, well, you know, you, you value a friendship or a relationship that you have in the footy club and then to hear some of the backstories of the people that you spend every day with, you have no awareness of, um, was really special. And not only did the storyteller shed a tear, it was, you know, it brings up emotions in every person. I'm hearing Brandon's story about, you know, growing up uh, in the commission flats and so forth, like, to really start to understand how everyone's different, but how beautiful that is to actually bring it together and, and celebrate in each other's journey. Last time you felt really proud of yourself? Yeah, I think um, you know, your kids are a reflection of you. Um, so anytime that they say or do something that makes me smile or warms my heart, uh, that makes me feel really proud. And I'm sure it does Brooke too. Last time you said thank you? Uh, I, I, I try to live a life where you know, I'm grateful for for everything, but um, particularly the little things. Last time you really laughed. Have you met my three-year-old, Mackenzie? <laughs> she makes me laugh uh, every day. Um, I think laughter's one of the greatest things that you can have in your life. Um, and something that I live by is that you're not fully dressed unless you're wearing a smile, so. Is there anyone now that you wouldn't feel comfortable crying in front of? No, there isn't. <laughs> and if I asked you that four years ago? Yeah, well, 
probably mostly the footy public because I need to be a sign of strength, not weakness. But I am what I am and I am who I am. And I don't really care what anyone thinks. <laughs> That's the key though, right? Well, it's not their life task to worry about what you're up to. Vulnerability used to be seen, I reckon, by society as a negative. Not, not now, not for you. No, certainly not. Um, you know, Crowey talks about it as, you know, there's two types of people, one that see it as weakness and, and others that see it as strength. And, you know, I think talking about when I address the whole f footy department, they talk about it feeling like weakness when you get up there and, and take off your mask and, and pretty much share whatever is going on in your life. But what it looks like to others is strength and courage. And that's what's special about it. And, and the way that it empowers others to, to feel like that they can do the same, that's the key to, to vulnerability. The more we can celebrate that uh, and celebrate people's differences, um, the better this world's going to be. And do you now have conversations with dad, mum, sister, Brooke, that you wouldn't have had beforehand? Yeah, 100%. Um, and not just family, uh, friends, you know, at the cafe, you know, talking about, you know, articles that have been written about it now, um, the Ash Barties of the world, what she's done, not just to women's tennis or tennis in general, but um, just society. She's, she's teaching people lessons by the way that she acts and it's all through her being herself. And do you live a freer life knowing that you don't have to have the answers? Yeah, absolutely. If we all had the answers, then it wouldn't be much fun, would it? But you were feeling that in 2016, were you? Absolutely. And I needed to have the answers. I needed to have them right now. And if I didn't, no one could know that I didn't. Big weight. Heavy. That's why I got a hunchback. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Last Time I Cried, brought to you by AIA Vitality. Really hope you enjoyed it. Just make sure you subscribe to the feed to ensure you don't miss any more great stories.